And welcome to The Brain Dump. Once again, this is where we study the psychology of success. Are you ready to go into your mind, tear out all those bad habits, all that self-defeating, limiting beliefs, and replace that with something better? Well, you're in the right place. Let's get to it. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino, and I'm joined today, as always, by the one, the only, Austin Linney. How you doing, Austin? I'm good. I'm pissed off. We're going to talk about yeah. myself. We're going to talk about myself today. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself on the stake. I decided. Yeah, dude, people at home, dear listeners, just know Austin is fired up. He's had a rough go of it today and he's ready to drop some bombs today. We're going to be talking about expectations. Now, if you have followed any of my content, you will know that I really believe firmly that the majority of our discontent as humans exists because we have expectations and those are not always in alignment with reality. And when that happens, we become very frustrated. And if we could find a way, if we could live in a world of zero expectations, then you would never be upset, right? But that's pretty hard to do because we're humans. So Austin, you suffered today some pretty, I would say, a big difference between reality and your expectations. And it's left you feeling fired up. So let's, let's dive into it. Well, it's funny that you say that because the question is, because ultimately what changed my life was extreme ownership, right? And so you can spend what I did in my better part of my 20s blaming everybody else, uh, but I choose to understand um, that the reason that I feel the way I feel right now is because I had already, vision I'm a visionary. And so in my mind, when I step on a piece of property or I have a project in my mind, I've already mapped out who's going to work on the project, how we're going to execute it. And so I go into this deep, thoughtful process of creating this vision. And that's why people love to work with me. Now, that is a blessing and a curse. Like an engineer that's walking into a multifamily, looks straight at the numbers, doesn't even need to see the property. And it opens my heart up to be torn apart very heavily. And so I'd be curious what you say as a visionary, you know, how you combat yourself against that because I truly believe one of the greatest quotes I've ever heard is Kyle Cease. He says, I truly believe that you've never had your heart broken. I believe that somebody broke your expectations and by breaking your expectations, they got closer to your heart. That's powerful. I've never heard that before. I like that. Somebody broke your expectations. And yeah, it ties right back to this idea of extreme ownership and like what we project onto the people around us or the outcomes that we expect around us. When you walk onto a property for the first time, you know, I don't have this issue in the same way when I walk onto a property or like a business engagement because I'm very detached emotionally from outcomes. And I focus, or at least I try to, and I say this, but I'm human, so I fail at this all the time. But I try to remain focused on the process leading up to that and not getting tied up into like the what ifs and what could be's because that's that's a that's a breeding ground for, for discontent. But I, I, you mentioned something before about the extreme ownership and how you can blame other people, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change the circumstance. It's not going to change their behavior, and it's not going to change how you feel. Mm -hmm. And so let's let's dive into your particular scenario right here and kind of like lay the groundwork. Explain a little bit about what happened so we can unpack it a little sure. bit and see like what could we change? What could we look at differently? Sure. So we got a call. I got a call Sunday night. I had a full day on Monday. A buddy said, listen, I got a hot lead on a deal. 
it's one of those things that you dream about. Legacy project, undervalued, the whole nine. He said, can you be there on Monday at one o'clock? I was like, dude, I got like nine coaching calls. He's like, just be there. So I taking coaching calls while I'm driving, we get down there and we step onto this. He gives me this text. It's way better than we thought. And that's when I started going into holy crap mode. And I'm like, yes. And not to mention it's in the most desirable location in all of Texas. Um, it was a 16 cabin, um, 35 RV slot with 20 acres. And uh, the owner wanted to get out. It was owner financing. The way we penciled out the numbers with the P&Ls that we got, it looked like an amazing deal. There was a lot of value add for us, plus what I do in the Airbnb space. So I can see how there's multiple avenues where we could add tons of, you know, uh, tons of value to every square foot of the property. And um, long story short, um, a wholesaler had the exclusion on it. So they control the deal. And we heard that a company was flying down from uh, California to look at the deal as well. And so when we penciled it out, all the numbers made sense with what we were gonna add as well. And so we went ahead and signed the contract in like 24 hours to purchase it, uh, which we would close today on Friday. And so everything on the surface looked, I mean, we even did a little due diligence ourselves. Everything looked amazing uh, the way that it was structured. So you said something in there I really wanna tie into is you use the words, so the legacy project, right? And that, that makes it even harder because it's not just, you've, you're already walking into the deal from, from the, the, the word go and you're thinking, okay, this is something that's gonna leave some big impact. It's gonna, be, it's gonna play into the bigger vision that I have for myself and for my life. And so already the expectations have been elevated, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you're seeing things maybe through, maybe not rose tinted glasses, but you're, you're already seeing the possibilities and you're, you're feeling that. And so what, what ended up happening with that deal and like, did it get, did it get pulled out from under you? Like, what did you guys decide to walk away or what's, what's happened now? So long story short, um, we dug through the tax records and then we looked at their tax returns. Like we've got that deep. And when we got them sent over and we found out what the owner paid for the property five years ago, and we feel like the P&Ls were, were, uh, were fudged a little bit, like the, the net operating cost that were coming in. So here's the kicker. We could still easily buy the property. We could still easily do what we want to do and create the cash flow that we wanted. But as my buddy said, he goes, I had to basically, he said he basically didn't sleep last night because he was fighting his own emotional demons because he mm -hmm. wanted the property so bad. But he knew the moment that he closed on that property, he would basically be lighting 200K on fire. And he's not going to do that. So we found out that the wholesaler's exclusive contract runs out February 4th. So he has a direct line to the owner and he's going to go try to cut the middleman out of the deal to get it at a price. They're still going to make a ton of money. Uh, but the greedy wholesaler is probably not going to get what I would venture to guess would probably be north of 400K, maybe 500K. On a, on a deal total size of that was like, if I remember right, it was like 1.5? It was 1.4. 1. 1. 1. 1.4. So I think, I think they probably sold it to the owner for somewhere around 900 to a million dollars. At a million dollars, this deal is a fucking, it's a steal. Yeah, yeah. We're paying, we're paying 1.4. It's incredible though, you know, despite all that, you, you guys, you're attached to this, you see the legacy project, you want this really badly, but your partner is a disciplined investor and says, hey, I'm not going to spend more than, 
you know, what's prudent here. So, and it is, I think there's a really valuable lesson there, which is even, even when you're going through that emotional turmoil, I think a lot of investors, a lot of business people would talk themselves into it and be like, you know, it's, it's close enough. It's not that bad. The deal's really good. And they would, they would, they would walk themselves up to that asking price rather than staying diligent and, you know, owning that, Hey, you, you're, you're probably going to lose the deal. Like, best best case scenario is wholesaler gets kicked out of the picture. You go back to the seller, you get the deal back under contract. Best case scenario, you get the thing, but more than likely it's probably not going to pan out that way. And you have to, you have to write it off as dead at this point. Right. And then if it comes, if it comes back around, then you're, you're only swimming in gold at that point. You know, what's interesting and you'll love this. This tie through is amazing. Him and I both in the last three months have been studying the stoic philosophy Mm -hmm. and we've incorporated into our investing neutral thinking. And we live by this. And he, and we both have been looking for this type of deal for a year and a half. So it's, that's why it's, and he already came up with the logo. I mean, everything, like I've told people, I, I, I had meetings cause to get it up and running right away. And I thought to myself, this one thought now we are a hundred percent prepared when the next property comes around and is the right deal to put the plan in action within a day opposed to me scrambling and everything, because now we have everything available. I have the team ready and so on and so on. And so you have to understand that you make money on the buy. You don't make money on the sell. And if you get your emotions involved in a deal, then you are going to be kicking yourself because you've hamstrung yourself by having access to capital on future deals because I live by the creed that every deal is the next best deal of your life. Mm-hmm. This is the idea. You either win or you learn, right? And, and if you walked away from this deal and you didn't win it and you walked away and you didn't learn anything, then it was a complete failure. It was a complete waste of time. And you have every right to be upset and frustrated with yourself because you didn't dig for the nugget of you know uh, growth, that's obviously there. And you're looking at this from the right perspective, which is, hey, I'm better situated for the next deal. And now you've learned like, hey, this wholesaler, I'm not going to work with that guy in the future. Just cut mm-hmm. that right out. No, don't yeah. get burned by him again. You know, if anybody else comes to you and says, hey, have you worked with that guy before? You can save them too. So like there's some education that has been earned there through the, the school of hard knocks. And then also, hey, you know that your due diligence parameters, they work. They catch stuff. Often when we do our due diligence, we don't catch anything like it, it, everything comes back clean. We're like, oh, yeah, it was cool. Perfect. But when you do catch something like it shows that the system actually is is doing something. I think a lot of people, they start to cut corners after a while because they're like, oh, yeah, I've I've walked a thousand properties. I've seen a thousand of, of them. I'm sure this is fine. It's close enough. And that's where you can get really burned. You know, they, they maybe didn't do the plumbing check that they should have done, or they didn't do the tax record check like you guys did. Didn't go that one layer deeper. So uh, there's a lot of learning. Right? On a reflection point of view, as we're saying this and the things are coming out, and I thought about this as I was driving from it. My reflection in this whole matter, and this is why I'm amazed at my mindset and where I am emotionally and physically who I am today. My mindset is thinking to myself, Wow. We sure as fuck have come a long way. When a year ago, um, I would have been torn up for a week. A year ago, I would have never been able to even take on a deal like this. A year ago, somebody wouldn't have gave me part of a deal with not putting any money in because they trust me so much. 
a year ago, I wouldn't have seven other projects going on where this deal is really not that big of a deal. And so my reflection is, is like, man, we've come a long far, we've come a long way and I've got enough lines in the water that when the right deal comes around, we'll be ready to pull the trigger. Think about that. Isn't that crazy how expectations grow as, as alongside your competency and like where you are just thinking back two years ago, like you could never have done this deal. Right. And so there would have been nothing to be upset about. You would gone into it and you'd been overwhelmed from the beginning and you probably wouldn't been able to close it. And then, you know, that would have been that. But now here you are and you're like, oh, we were so close to the finish line. And now I'm frustrated because we couldn't get it across because your your competency is that much higher. But I think it's a good perspective whenever um, our expectations are are not met, whether that's through a relationship, another person, or it's through a business and venture for whatever reason, when our expectation isn't met, to take that moment to reflect on why was our expectation set where it was? Is that a realistic expectation? Is, you know, in your case, yeah, it's realistic that you guys could have taken down this deal. But at the end of the day, you, I think it's really cool that your better angels won out in terms of being a disciplined investor because you had that set to a higher expectation of like your vision for who you were and what type of investors that you guys are rather than the, the dopamine that you would have gotten from closing that one deal. Right, because it's really easy sometimes to say eh, we're pretty disciplined, but uh, we we can kind of fudge it a little bit here. Well, it's interesting. You make me really dig deep there for a minute. What's ultimately happened as I look back on my alcoholic self is the expectations of who I am today and who I choose to be and and choose to be in my future. It's not has nothing to do with external expectations of who I should be. It's the internal expectations of who I know I am in my soul and heart that allows me to stay above the fray because I think more of myself. Yeah, one of my favorite phrases is that self-esteem is the reputation that you have with yourself. And it's it takes a really long time to build reputation, whether that's external or internal. But I tell you, the one that you have with yourself saying, I keep my promises, whether that's to myself or I have this expectation that I'm capable of pushing myself and, and growing and learning from this, whatever the thing is, that's, that's the more meaningful metric because you got to wake up every single day with yourself. And if you don't like what you look in the mirror, if you, if you don't respect yourself, if you don't have a high reputation with yourself, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you because you will always think that you're, you're unworthy, that you, you suck. Right. And so you got to start there first, but then that also sets you up for this frustration, right? Because you well, know, you, you're like, I know I could do this. I know I could do this. I had this you in know me. What? Calling myself out. This is the actual reason I'm upset. I told too many people about the deal. That's my biggest. Mm. Now, and because I was so amped up about it and I finally pulled off something that I've been talking about for five years. And now I'm the kid at school who talked too much about the purple marble and I don't have the purple marble. I don't think I get that reference, but I think I get I the concept it, of it. I was like, is this, is this some kind of like Aesop's fable that I'd never heard about? The, the, the story of the purple marble. The boy with the purple marble who didn't actually have the purple marble. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, that's hard. You know, when you start talking about things and telling people, then you start to wrap up like, oh, now I need to go and wind this and tell them. This is why, you know, I've had failed businesses in the past. And one of the hardest things and the thing that they don't tell you when you first start a business is that it is really difficult to unwind a business. I, I've never been married, but I'm guessing it's the same thing when you're when you're married and going through a divorce, which yeah. maybe you can speak to is that 
everybody knows you as this thing. You're like, oh, I'm this business guy. And then when you're unwinding it for the next six to six months to a year to two years, people keep asking you about it. And you're like, yeah, no, it's dead. Yeah, I'm not that good. It didn't, it didn't work out. And that's hard because you have to like keep ripping that band-aid off each and every time. We've been, we've been, we've been divorced almost a year, give or take, or basically separated divorce. I just found out, I just forget, remembered yesterday that I was on her car loan. Like I got a, I got a, I got a text message about it. Like, dude, you want to talk about unwind a 13 year marriage? Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you share your goals with people. I think, I think there's a lot of value with sharing your goals. I always recommend, I always question when people are sharing their goals too publicly though. I'm like, what are you getting out of this? Are you, are you getting the the short-term boost of people then thinking, oh, your goal is to be a billionaire. Like, therefore people are associating with that. And then you got the dopamine, right? Or did you really want to be that? And you're telling people because you expect that external accountability. And that can be very powerful. If you say, hey, Austin, this year, I'm going to publish a book. Then every single day, I need you to like be reaching out and be like, hey, how's that book coming along? And if at the end of that year, I didn't do it, then you know, I was just full of shit. And that I didn't, it wasn't about the accountability. It was just, I wanted to tell you that I was going to publish a book and then not actually follow through with it. So I, I always question people's motives for sharing their dreams and sharing their aspirations. And um, I don't know though, if, uh, if, if you, where do you fall in terms of like sharing the goals? I think you're pretty open and you like say, Hey, I'm doing this thing, but if you could go I... back, would you keep this one closer to the vest? Yeah, hundred percent. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have told. I wouldn't have told anybody. Yeah. Um, there is a there's a delicate dance towards pushing your brand in in having a vision where people position you as somebody that does this and getting them excited, kind of on the hook. And there's also you looking like an asshole. Yeah. So here's the kicker. I'm had such a crazy life. Uh, uh, meth addiction and alcoholism that I'm willing to look like a fool because everybody that knows me and knows me in my core knows my heart's in the right place. And so ultimately, like, you know, somebody was talking to me the other day, they said, I've never met a fucking human being that's more vulnerable than you are. And so like, we've become this society of where we're trying to show something or we're trying to portray, um, like, I'll be frank, I'm pissed, like really fucking mad, but I'm grown up and I'm, I'm, my mindset is wrapped around the long game and know that enough people love me. And I know there's a million more coming down the road and that's the new version of me. That's fucking like, makes me very happy. Like, because it's interesting, right? Not to go in a rabbit hole. But if you talk to recovery people and you talk to anybody that's working on their mindset, here's the kicker. We all have bad days. We all have bad hours. But what they're protecting against is the spiral. And so I'll have this conversation with you. I, I have a massage schedule later this afternoon. And I'll meditate and it'll be done. Old Austin, this would have lasted six weeks and I would have been drinking and I would have been pissed, whining and bitching. So now the, the spiral is like an hour and I'm over it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's where, when the mindset works, right? That's where it's amazing. People that have billion dollars have a bad day. Yeah. Like, but, but they can pick back up the next day and, and just chalk it up to we're, we're going to get after it again. And I think that's a really good place for us to wrap this episode up is 
I challenge you listeners at home, because I like to make things tactical, give you something to walk away with. I challenge you right now to think about what's going on in your life in just a macro sense. What are you happy about? What are you disappointed with? Do you have some frustrations? And pinpoint those frustrations, those those areas of your life where something's not quite right. And I challenge you to look at that and say, okay, what's what was my expectation? Is that a contributing factor here? That if I had a different expectation of the outcome or the behavior from this other person or whatever, would my state of mind, my feelings on this be different? And quite often, if you just tweak that expectation or at least acknowledge and say, hey, my expectation, that's what's getting me into trouble here. That's the first step towards unwinding that and realigning with this idea that if we can detach ourselves from expectations, both external and internal, life gets pretty good. Thanks. Love it. All right. So we'll catch you guys at the next episode of Brain Dump. Make sure you go leave a review. Otherwise, I'm going to be real sad. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learn. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.